Hi, and welcome to The Social Angle, a podcast that helps promo pros gain an edge in the social media realm. I'm Vinny, and on this episode, I'm joined by Kelly Brown of Green Gifts to talk about why sustainability matters. Kelly, a five-year veteran of the promo products industry and self-proclaimed earth lover, discusses how well-designed and eco-friendly merchandise can result in less waste and more brand advocacy. Kelly also dishes on how the younger generations embrace both social media and sustainability, a winning combination if there ever was one. Don't miss the latest social angle coming up right now. Kelly, welcome to the Social Angle Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So how are things out in Michigan today? It is the most beautiful sunny day and our skies are finally clear because we've had some of the haze from the forest fires out west covering our sky. And so it's finally clear and it's sunny and beautiful. I can't wait to be out there later. Oh, nice. Yeah, we've had some really beautiful weather out here in um, the Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania. And we're right now it's cloudy today, but I'll take it. It's been 70s, actually. Yes. And it's, you know, I'll take that over those searing 95 <laughs> degree days that we had uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so, yeah. So I'm excited for today's topic. We're going to be talking about why sustainability products matter. Uh, before we get started, uh, please take a minute to introduce yourself, the company you work for, and how long you've been in the promo industry. Sure. I am Kelly Brown. I am the Director of Marketing and Operations at Green Gifts out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And basically, that is just a fancy title that says I wear many hats and do a lot of different things. I've been in the industry for five years. This is the only job I've ever had in the industry. I started in sales. We call it project management at Green Gifts. And we found that there was a real need for support for our leadership team. And my role was kind of developed to be that mid-management, but we don't really have a hierarchy. It's just the person that makes sure, you know, everything's getting done and on track. And then I also manage all of our marketing for the company as well. Awesome. So five years in this industry. What, what do you think of this industry so far? <laughs> well, I came from an e-commerce background. I worked for a company that sold craft supplies live on TV, like an HSN or QVC. Gotcha. And then there was also like an online component to it. And I worked in our social media team for that company. And it was like corporate America, but corporate international because we were owned and operated out of the UK. And so it was a drastic change to come into this industry for a small business that, um, you know, it's, it's a hard industry to learn. And I always yeah. tell people that, but I am really, sustainability is a great topic because I'm super passionate about the changes that are happening in this industry and the young, fresh workforce that is coming through that's going to help kind of push those changes forward. Definitely. I mean, I've been in this industry for 13 years and there are days where I'm like, do I even understand this industry? Sometimes I, I get so confused with some of the way things work. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, it's challenging to learn, like you said, um, you know, and, but once you understand it and you get it, it's an awesome industry to work with. The, the people that I've met, I mean, I don't know if I could ever leave this industry now. It, it's, it's just, it's just one of those, you know, industries that I just, I just love working with the people. They're the everywhere. people really, the people make it. Like I, I felt in the past year in the pandemic, I virtually met more people than I ever have in this industry. And everybody is so willing to support and help wherever they can. And even though we're all competitors in a sense, it's everybody is there to guide you when you need it. Or if you're taking on a new line of your business, like you're going to start printing or do in-house production, there's always somebody out there that's willing to be a mentor for you. 
hundred percent. Like whether you can consider them competitors, they're, they're always the first people to jump in and help you out. Um, so you mentioned sustainability. So can you tell us a little bit about sustainable products uh, and why they are important? Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to define what a sustainable product is. I was thinking about that a lot coming into this for the past week. And sustainability is a broad, deep topic in and of itself. And then when you think about sustainable products in our industry, it can get really tricky because there is a lot of greenwashing. That's not new news to anybody, right? You've got a bag that's produced in China that's just reusable in its nature. I'll say reusability is a great entry level into sustainability and it can make a huge impact on our world. But a true sustainable product, in my opinion, is something that considers the life cycle of the product from cradle to grave. So it's thinking about how the raw materials are extracted, the manufacturing, the labor, the conditions of where it's being produced, transport, packaging, and then all when that product reaches the hands of the end recipient, what's the life cycle of that and it does end up in the grave, which is in the ground or in a landfill or composted or whatever that looks like. Um, so for me, that's what a true sustainable product is. And we're going to, I'm sure, dive into it more, but it's important to think about sustainable products because you have a new wave, a new generation coming through that will not request sustainable products, but will demand sustainable products and also socially responsible practices within your business and the suppliers that you work with. Definitely. Um, and, and we'll touch more on that in a second. Um, but yeah, that that's a, a great definition. You know, you bring up a good point about, you know, the greenwashing, you know, yeah, these bags are reusable, but where are they being made? How are they being made? You know, what is the cost in terms of uh, the environment in, in terms of those products? But you're, you're right, you know, it's a good entry level, you know, the, the reusable bags. I think a lot of us have reusable bags in yeah. our lives. We, you know, go to the grocery stores and we're thinking, oh yeah, you know, um, reusing it. And that's a great thing. I've, we've been doing it for many, many years. Um, but, you know, what's the background of the bag? You know, where did you get it? You know, and how was it produced? So that that's, a uh, you know, certainly a great answer. Um, so let me ask you about the cost of su sustainable pro products. Do they cost more? Yeah, it's, it's unavoidable. Sustainable products right. do cost more. And I'm sure somebody hearing this is probably like rolling their eyes and saying, no, they don't, you know, but I, th I truly do believe that they cost more and with good reason. But I don't think that that's something to shy away from. Um, what I the way that I look at it is if you have no real relationship with a client, they come in, they want you to quote out water bottle and you show them some sustainable water bottle option like the fill it forward bottle or a mirror water bottle it's really quite expensive and they've been ordering a three dollar one from four imprint you're not going to win that business but if you have a client who comes in who is asking for a water bottle at a certain budget and they say something like hey, we, we do water bottles every year for this event because we don't hand out plastic water bottles we want people to fill and reuse now you have a client who's already engaging with sustainability. They're already thinking that way. It's a little bit easier to convince them to spend a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars more to buy a water bottle that has a better story to it than just the cheap one that, you know, might end up on the drinkware shelf at the kids soccer game, but ultimately will probably make its way to Goodwill in a year or two. Whereas something like the mirror water bottle or the felt forward bottle is something that is really 
retail forward and has that longer life cycle before it does end up in the grave or in the ground. So I think you can really convince your clients if you build that relationship and know how to sell the story. Right. And I think that's important. The story really matters. And, you know, again, we'll talk about, um, you know, the modern consumer who really is in touch with, you know, earth friendly products, you know, and, and, you know, millennials, uh, Gen Z, they're, they're really, um, generations that are embracing and you said demanding, you know, they're not even mm-hmm. asking for it. They're, they're actually, the expectation is there. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's certainly you can kind of build into the relationship on selling that story. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, we're, we're, I don't even know where we are in the pandemic. We seem to be past the pandemic. Now we're like, okay, is it ramping up again? So yeah. recession, pandemic, uncertain times, leaner times, they seem to, you know, create yeah, a little bit of fear in consumers. Um, you know, are they, are sustainability products harder to sell during times like this? I think for me, the lens that I'm coming from is, if your budget has been slashed, right? A lot of people have, but we're seeing still a lot of spend. We're seeing that bounce back, right? That's why a part of why our supply chain is struggling is because of that demand. I'm coming at it from your people have been away from you for a long time. So if you're giving your people, your key stakeholders, that might be executives, that might be employees, that might be your own clients, your own buyers. If you're giving them a gift, don't you want it to be something that is so desirable, something that they'll really use and it has a longer lifetime. So instead of spending your budget on a bunch of little trinkets that don't really have any meaning or return on emotion, let's take that budget and buy one really great gift that they grab, they hold on to, and then they're using it on a day-to-day basis or a weekly basis. It goes on vacations with them. Now there's more meaning attached to it. That's the one thing we've craved after this whole pandemic is that emotion is that connection and those branded merchandise pieces are touch points of your brand so you have to be a little bit more conscious about what you're handing out and i think that is the way that you can sell sustainable products when you have clients who are really looking at their budgets maybe their executives the top downs are really looking at the budgets um, those leaner times you can really kind of sell it from the emotion standpoint Right, and and we t- I talked about this with with Danny Rosen, uh, who's also big on sustainability, and you know he talks about brand fill, not landfill. You know, mm-hmm. make make the products something that people want to keep. You know, and that's really kind of you know make the connection, the emotional connection to a product. People will will keep those. You know, to me, I I I think about the products that I have that I keep. You know, and hold on to whether or not their quality, you know, there's a connection to them, you know, and that's kind of how you, you want to build that into, into that story. And I have t-shirts that are probably older than my 13 year old daughter that I still wear. And like, I wear them, they have holes in them and I just, you know, I love, I love the brand association. So, I mean, that, that to me is like, that's tells the story right there. You know, oh yeah, there's I in my drawer still is a Coca-Cola t-shirt that was from like a promotion at Meyer or something, which is just a grocery chain in the Midwest. But it was, I was probably like in third or fourth grade and they handed them out and it was like unisex adult sizes. And at the time, my mom and I would drink like a straight up Coke out of the glass bottle every Christmas. And we still pretty much do. And so I don't really drink pop any other time of year, but I have a strong association with the brand because of that. That t-shirt is still in my drawer, still fits. I still wear it all the time. It is soft, born in, and it's got the Coca-Cola logo on the front. And 
you know, it's lasted all that time. All the other shirts, the cheer camp shirts, the school shirts, those have all been donated or cut up into rags, but that right. Coca-Cola shirt lives on. <laughs> That's said, I mean, aside from that, I love that you guys call Coke pop out there. Pop, in the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Midwest, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny when I hear pop, I always, when, when I went to college for the first time, I went to Penn state and I'd never heard it called pop, but we had a lot of people from the Midwest and they called it pop. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What's pop? But yeah, yeah. yeah the, the emotion, like, yeah. I mean, I have um, the glass, like glassware. I probably have the most in terms of promotional products. Um, I, I'm a beer guy. I love um, craft breweries. And when I go to them and I, and I love the place, I always get a mug or I get some kind of merchandise and there's a connection there. And those things I hold on to mm-hmm. pretty much forever. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's a great example. So let's talk about, I want to talk about a TikTok that you did. You did one, um, about supply chain issues. You, oh, yeah. you, it was so funny. Cause, um, I, I, I forget how I stumbled upon your TikTok. I think I may have seen it in another network, but then I checked, checked out your, um, TikTok profile and you were, you're kind of like working with a client. And you're like, oh, yeah, I got that. And then you're trying to figure out the supply chain issues and things are not going so well. So we have supply chain issues. We have inventory shortages, price increases. Are all these affecting Green Gift's commitment to sustainability? Yeah. And that that TikTok is like (laughs) that is my everyday life. That Bo Burnham special that came out. I think a couple of months ago is I think about that song all the time. And (laughs) that is the situation we are all living in. None of us like it. It's what it is. I just like the pandemic. I'm coming at it from the lens of opportunity. So last year we sold PPE like a lot of other companies. We did a lot of kidding too, because we needed to stay afloat. We're a family owned business and we wanted to, we treat all of our employees like family. We wanted to keep them all on staff, which luckily we were able to. And being in business for 25 years, we took a step back this year and really looked at what are our values? Because at the end of the day, we're not going to feel good about ourselves if we're just selling just to sell, to stay afloat. Um, You know, we're at a time where we are getting a lot of business. We're having a really successful year, despite the issues with supply chain. And I can't control supply chain, but I can control my mindset, the way I sell, and ultimately the way we want our business to grow. We have always been very agency-like. We come at every project from strategy instead of product. And we definitely refocused. And, you know, we're having those difficult conversations with the clients. It, it takes a lot to be bold and brave. And when your client is trying to buy a small tchotchke for the trade show, and you have to say, do you really think that the end user is going to use this? What do you want? A product that has more ROI because they use it more frequently, your brands out there, or Do you want a product that they're probably going to throw away before they get back on the plane and head home? Um, So I think last year we might not have asked those questions as much because we were just trying to stay afloat, um, but we're recommitted and we're refocused really in 21 and moving forward. So you're not afraid to have those honest conversations with your clients? Yeah, I I won't say that all clients are that way, right? Mm -hmm. I definitely know um, I sell just as much as anybody else on our team. And I definitely know I have some clients who are set in their ways and sustainable is not 
for them. They are not passionate about them. I will still push the topic and say, you know, you've got younger consumers coming in. They really appreciate the story in, in the supply chain. But ultimately, it's just not for them. Um, and then there are definitely other clients who appreciate our input and opinion. I say that we need to have equal opportunity on the bus. Like we're all on this trip and this project together. It's not just our clients like guiding the ship. We should be equal in that. Um, and our clients really respect our opinions. And that's not the same for, for every company, but we've built that trust over the 25 years we've been in business. I like that. So your partners, you know, that yeah. that's, I think that's the way, you know, all distributors should be approaching it. You know, your consultative partners, um, you're working together, you're coming up you know, with solutions. So um, let's talk about some of your top selling earth friendly products. Uh, tell me a little bit about what what's hot right now at Green Gifts. I personally feel that we are doing a lot of Adidas apparel. Um, the Adidas goal to be 100% recycled polyester by 2024. What I like about that is that is so close. Like our clients, 2024, it's right around the corner and 100% recycled polyester in their in their apparel. That's that's a big step. Um, the other thing about Adidas is most of the time there's better stock. Now there won't be because I'm saying this and everybody's going to go buy it. But <laughs> usually you can find Adidas more than you know some of the other name brands, and then you also have that story attached to it. Um, we did a big push for beeswax wraps and reusable foodware um, back when Michigan started to open back up and offices came back in June and July because we were saying, you know, it's better for everybody to bring their own their own silverware, their own food containers, bento boxes, whatever you want to call them, um, instead of them like going into the kitchen and then you have to wash more frequently. And, and also then that cuts down on the power usage within your office. But we sold a lot of that throughout um, the early parts of the summer. I hate to say it, but drinkware always is really, that's one that we always push. I mentioned the fill it forward bottle earlier, but um, we've been pushing that a lot and have had a couple orders come through. Um, I love the QR code on the outside of that bottle because, you know, reusability, like I said, it can be that kind of gateway and it can have really big impact on our, on our globe. But when you can inspire reusability by offering the QR code where you scan and you see your dollars going to, you know, giving projects, then it's like, well, I'll just drink more and scan more and, you know, then you can track it. Um, so I've seen a lot in that one. And personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of Cotopaxi and Osprey. And when they were announced and brought into our industry with Gemline and Sanmar, I was really excited. Those are two brands I personally really, my values align with them. Yeah, you know, you bring up QR codes and it's funny, we just did a story, I don't know if you saw an ASI Central um, about um, QR codes and how they're now being used, especially with sustainability products to kind of track, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, you know, the product itself. And the joke was 10 years ago, um, when QR codes came out, they were hot for about six months. And then the joke was, you're never going to see them again, all of a sudden now, you know, especially with everything going digital, um, you know, people are stuck at home in a pandemic. QR codes are now becoming more more popular, especially with sustainability products. I think QR codes is like the greatest thing. There's a million great things that came out of the pandemic, but QR codes for our industry was probably number one for me. Uh, we've always had the clients who ask, how do I track the return on investment on this? piece and you know we'll shift it to return on emotion like that's how you can really sell it to your upline you can talk to them about this being a touch point of your brand and retention with employees all of those things but when you add a qr code to it if you can track you know 
people going to a landing page and then filling out a survey and then do they then schedule a meeting with you now you can track something based off of that promotional piece so we do encourage our clients to add things like a qr code inside of a tote or as a hang tag or in a water bottle in the inside cover of a journal anything that allows you to get some more tracking on are these people receiving this item and then actually taking an action that results in sales for our company yeah, and I think it's it's made a lot easier these days with smartphones being enabled now through through um, the the camera because it mm -hmm. used to be you had to download an app. It became too arduous. It wasn't by the fault of the QR code. It was by the fault of the technology. Now technology has caught up, and QR codes are, are relevant once again. And it's good to see, especially uh, from a sustainability point of view. So let's talk about younger consumers, um, Gen X not Gen X, I'm Gen X, I'm not younger, but um, Gen Z, um, millennials, um, they're more conscious about sustainability for sure. They're, and they're savvier when it comes to social media. Do you ever use this approach when it comes to uh, selling sustainable products? A hundred percent. That shift to a conscious consumer is inevitable. It's happening now and it will continue to happen. We are also all micro influencers at this point. If you have a social media page, you are a micro influencer, whether it's 10 connections or 10,000 connections. Whatever you share is being viewed by somebody and they will create an opinion based on what you say about it. And that's a double edged sword because we're also living in a world of cancel culture, which a lot of people hate on. But I personally think, you know, it's good because we're having good, hard discussions about things that probably wouldn't have ever been brought up before. So you have to be very conscious about the way your brand is represented when you're handing it out to people now because yeah you do have the younger generation that's going to snap a quick photo of it and share to their linkedin and you know if it's not something that really aligns with the values of the company they're working for or their values they're not afraid to give their opinion and say so if you're a large company and you say that you're sustainable and you're diverse and you check all the boxes and then you hand out cheap trinkets to you know your interns or something they're they're probably going to share about it and they're going to share with their friends and that network has a lot of power and we do you know we take snapshots on linkedin and on instagram when we see our clients employees sharing because that has a lot of power that goes back to that return on emotion uh, if your employee shares their onboarding box on on linkedin and they say XYZ company is so great. Look at these products inside. And um, I also received a code that allowed me to donate to any charity that I liked. I got to donate to XYZ charity. That has a lot of power because the in the community they can influence those Gen Z and millennials are going to see that and it helps with your attention. It helps you hire. Everybody wants to hire right now. So all of these things are good and it's worth the investment for those sustainable products. Yeah, and that's really the gist of this podcast. You know, whenever we come up with a podcast top topic, we always want to tie it into social media somehow. And sustainability, I've noticed, at least from my personal perspective, is something that these this younger generation is more apt to kind of go to social media and share. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was just at a, um, a music festival up in Newport, Rhode Island, um, you know, and uh, the Newport Folk Fest attracts, um, you know, from from boomers to, to Gen Z, like, you know, it runs the gamut. And the younger kids who were getting promotional products, you know, when I say per promotional products, merchandise, anything from the merch tent, you know, they're the ones who are on social media, they're posting it, and they're bragging about things. And the more high quality the product, 
the more apt they are to go to social media. And also the sustainability factor. If there is a water bottle that, you know, has, you know, aligns with their values, sustainability, earth friendly, eco conscious, they're going to go in there and they're going to, they're going to share it on social media. That's definitely true. And they'll tag the brand or the company too, because, um, everybody likes to find that like golden nugget, right? It's if you have a client that's working with you and you sell them something and they have a great experience and it's this beautiful sustainable product or a kit with a bunch of sustainable pieces, their employee gets it, receives it, and they think it's amazing. They're going to tag their employer and they might tag you green gifts and say, thanks to green gifts for helping us complete this project. And that right there is that's golden. That's referral business that's going to come your way because now their network is seeing, hey, XYZ company trusts Green Gifts to produce these sustainable products for them. That's a trusted source. We should go to them because we want to shift towards more sustainable products ourselves. Boom. The power of social media. I've been preaching yeah. that for a long time. Finally, yep. it's starting to come it, to fruition. It's hard in our industry. Um, you know, it's I, I have a, a round table that I um, coordinate and it's a bunch of younger millennial, some Gen Z voices in our industry who are all in leadership roles. And our discussion to last week or two weeks ago was on social media. And we are all saying, you know, how do you curate your content? Do you get content from suppliers? Um, and do you tag your clients in it or do you not want to share your clients because right. competition can see it? Mm-hmm. And I said, we, we mostly tag our clients. Sometimes we do ask if they're larger companies, are you okay if we share your work? Because we want people to reshare. I, you know, if I tag my client, most of the time they'll reshare. They're proud to partner with us because we have that partnership and we have a really strong relationship. Um, but social media in our industry has always been really tricky. And I think there are some companies um, out there who do it really, really well, but it has so much power, especially because we work in an industry that's completely visual and tactile. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, I've been doing social media since 2009. And, you know, to me, I thought it was, hey, this will be easy. But then I realized how difficult this or complex this industry is. Um, And making it work um, has been a challenge, you know. Um, But over time, it's, it's, it's proven effective. Social media definitely works. Uh, And you gave a great example there. Um, You know, look, quality products, um, you know, it's not just about the products, you know, it's about, you know, we could talk about experiences, we could talk about, you know, the products are, you know, what delivers, um, you know, the solution, um, you know, and, and it's just people are going to go to social media to show these things off because, like you said, they're tactile, they're, you know, they're physical and people love that kind of stuff, especially when they make a connection with a brand. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so let's talk about um, when I first started in the industry. Um, there was a lot of talk about um, the stuff that we produce being trinkets and trash that ultimately end up in landfills. They've even been labeled, and I've seen this from multiple politicians as wasteful and people in the media, the people who are outside of this industry have, you know, writers have written how promotional products are just wasteful. Um, what do we have to do in it, you know, as an industry to be better at making sure we're as sustainable as possible? There are really three things that I can think of. Number one is to have more discussions like this. Mm -hmm. I think the old school way of doing business is to not share your secrets and not really talk too much about your business other Mm -hmm. than maybe how well it's doing. Um, But when we share and we educate each other, we make the industry 
rise to a new level. And I think, you know, Promo Cares, Promo Kitchen, Common Skew, to name a few, are all doing an exceptional job of pulling together those change makers and industry leaders to educate and motivate the rest of us to do better. So I think that's number one. Number two is to really change the language we use when we're talking about promotional products. And I think this shift is already happening and most people are catching on. I, I'm a millennial and as a millennial, I did not think it was very glamorous to go around when I got this job and say, yeah, I work for a promotional products company. We put logo on everything. You know, that's not, that doesn't sound good to a millennial. But when I said I work for a branded merchandise agency that creates touch points of brands, executive gifts, high design, custom, when I'm using that language, a light bulb goes off in people's head where they see the industry different. Now, not everybody's going to use that language because it doesn't always relate to your brand. But if we can shift our language to talk more about the story of supply chain and less about just sell, 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 I think that can really help shift us into more of a sustainable industry. And the last one would be this is my my big dream, okay, is that our search functions we use in this industry, whatever one it is, auto-populate certified diverse suppliers or products that have gone through some certification process we deem applicable for our industry to be sustainable. Because if you auto-populate them first, unconsciously, we as sales reps will select, we're not going to scroll for 60 pages. We're going to go back and research until we find what we really want. So if we can auto-populate from the beginning, chances are we're going to select more sustainable or from diverse suppliers, which, you know, it's the larger role of social responsibility, but that's my dream. That's my big stretch for this industry. <laughs> I love it. I love all three of those answers. Those, those were great. Um, and I can't, I can't top that. So we're going to get right on to our last question. I always end the podcast with a fun question. So a couple months ago, I don't know when it was uh, in the springtime, um, you posted that a mama cat had snuck into your facility and made a, made a box of client black blankets, her home for her kittens. Can you give us a little um, more about that story and what, what happened to those kittens? <laughs> yeah, that is like the most perfect thing that could happen to Green Gifts because we are very animal friendly. We have three dogs that come to our office every single day. I am the um, cat lady of promo. I've got three cats myself. I'm surprised one of them isn't laying back here. Usually <laughs> I've got one on each side. Um, so it was really fun to find out that we had a mama cat come into our facility and have her babies and everybody's good. They're almost ready for adoption because they're, they were obviously very young and needed to wait a while. Um, but they are at the Harbor Humane Society here in West Michigan. And we're still working to convince our owners to bring one in and let it be a, a shop cat for us. But <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. I can't take another one, but yeah, <laughs> it was a really fun story. And our, our client, um, who's had the blankets in the box was they were thrilled and loved posting it to their own social media. <laughs> and if anybody's curious, this is the perfect type of social media content for your for your brand. You you guys got it out there on social media. I mean, it was, you know, th there was uh, a behind the scenes aspect to it. Obviously, you know, your brand was in there. There's a, you know, a, an element of cuteness to it. I was like, yeah. oh my God, yeah, because because we love cats here. And I'm just like, oh, that's so cute. And, you know, to know that you guys, you know, were, were animal friendly, you know, made it all worthwhile. You know, you know, you, we knew the kittens were in good hands yeah. and they must have known. They must have known like, this is a good place to go. So, uh, yeah, well, thank you yeah. for that story. Um, so um, before we end, uh, let everyone know where they can uh, contact you. 
Yeah, I actually, I have to find my uh, Instagram handle, but you can find me at Green Gifts, um, Kelly at GreenGifts.com, and that's gifts with a Z instead of an S. That's how I always say it. And then I'm KB underscore branded swag on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kelly, and we will be in touch. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.